We're back. Another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Got another exciting one. The fight game, the wrestling game, the one and only Kyle Dake. Three-time world champion, current reigning world champion, Olympic bronze medalist, and that's what I'm starting with today. But before I do, I got to remind everybody that This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast is brought to you by the one and only Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. The one and only Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey, Jack Daniels, old number seven. Thank you, Jack Daniels, for believing in us and everything that our culture presents to us on these daily grinds, these daily trips across the country. We're in Iowa currently chasing snow geese. It's been one heck of a spring so far, and we're going to continue north into the Dakotas and travel. Canada border until we uh, finally get our fill and decide to hang it up. But of all time four-time ncaa champion in four different weight divisions and he's the reigning 74 kilo world champion has, has it sunk in or was it expected that you went in there to do a job and like it was just another day at the office for you kyle yeah it was a little bit more more than that um you know and they, uh, all my fault you know my kind of you know just based on decisions i've made leading into it um but i was it you know after the <clears throat> after the olympics i was able to figure it out and, and fix it which was you know to be able to go out on top you know and the end of 2021 was pretty nice and looking to go back and uh do it again here in, in belgrade serbia at the end of the year when you, with your mental capacity and how mentally tough you have to be to do what you do, and the record that you put up at Cornell, your 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 post college record, your championships, when you go into the Olympic Games like that, Kyle, and you 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 start off with a loss, and you have to come back to that, and you end up coming back awesome, and you get the bronze medal. Mentally, does it shake you at all, or how do you just have to stay up and support your teammates? Because some of your best friends are on this team, including David Magic Man Taylor. He ends up winning the gold in an awesome match. Gable wins the gold. Um, do you do you just become a teammate that wants to support your guys? How hard is it to stay up when you're not on that middle podium in, in some of the biggest matches in your career? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, you know, you, you can only get what you can at the end of the day and you know i wasn't able to go out and um get the gold medal that i wanted but i was able to get uh you know the next best thing that i could which was a bronze medal and you know to go out and, and two-time world champion many-time medalist um you know to be able to go out and, and kind of dominate him and not give him any points and and really wrestle um you know closer to what i what i'm capable of and, uh, you know, there's still, um, you know, for me looking back, you know, I look at that guy who wrestled out there and, you know, it's just a shell of who I was. And I said it before, but, you know, if you can't win when you're not your best, you're not good enough. So, you know, I, I still think that there's a lot of room for improvement for me and in a lot of different areas, um, you know, and, and they might not seem like big improvements to a lot of people, but for me. Um, and at this level, it's the tiny, tiny little things that make a huge difference. So um, being able to identify those and then come back and, and address them, you know, back at home and, and go execute again and, and then do the same thing after the World Championships in Oslo was, 
you know, an eye opener, but also something I've done my entire career, you know, go back, reassess, figure out things you need to work on and get better from there. So, um, you know, I'm really excited to, to be able to compete here two months, three months. Um, and then after, once that starts, we'll be rolling. What were the assessments that you came back after the Olympic Games that took you into the World Championships? Uh, what you say you watched that guy on the mat wrestle, and it was just a shell of who Kyle Dake is. Was were you pressing a little bit? To me, I'm, I mean, I'm looking from the outside in, but where it looked to me like you weren't on your game plan in the first match, as far as looked like you were uh, rushing a little bit. I don't know if that's fair to say, but t- what were you? What 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 were the coaches seeing, and what were you reassessing? You know, normally I just have. A- I'm I'm pretty stable guy, you know. When when I get my positions, I'm really stable. I don't really get off balance, um, and I don't really get caught in anything. And you know, I, I've watched watched him the bell rushing several times, and I knew exactly, you know, in the in that position, my dominant position was seatbelt. Um, I know exactly where he goes. And you know, I got to the position, and you know, I, it was kind of like a my body didn't do what I wanted it to do. Like mentally, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. My body wasn't cooperating at the time. And that's tough to swallow. And I had to own that. And I had to realize that, you know, maybe I shouldn't have got there. Maybe I should have, you know, done something a little bit different. And, um, you know, then after that, I was just trying to go score the next point. And, you know, he's a really good wrestler. Obviously, Olympic silver medalist. Um, you know, he's, he's really tough. And, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't on my game then. I needed to have a little bit different of game plan. Um, you know, instead of trying to go out and get on top and gut wrench him off the mat, you know, maybe try to pull on his head a little bit more, get tired, um, you know, win, win one of my old close barn burners. You know, that was just a, a stylistic change that I made, um, past couple of years was to change my style and, and go get it, you know, go be, go try to score a lot of points and put them up there. And, uh, it doesn't always work out that way, but this time it kind of, uh, you know, not, I don't think it backfired because I think if I got in that position again, um, now it would be completely different. I don't think that would ever happen, um, ever happen to me ever. You know, I, I've been in that position. I don't know how many times, um, but it happens, and you know, and it's it's unfortunate that it happened that way. But um, you know, you move forward, move on. Do you do you think that the time in between the Olympics and the World Championships could you have reassessed? And my my point is, is kind of how long does it take? Could it have been a week later and you would have went in there with this game plan and been fine, or did it take some time in the gym and on the mat with some guys sparring and throwing some different different you know visuals at you or different styles at you that got you ready for the worlds? No, I mean I pretty much. Would have changed my game, obviously changed my game plan right away, just based on how my body was doing. Um, and then once the World Championships came around, I did that exact same thing. You know, I changed my game plan a little bit, um, and you know, it worked out. So unfortunately, you know, those guys weren't there. You know, I wish the Russian and the Bell Russian were both there, but you know, you can only wrestle who they put out in front of you. So that's what I did. I want you to take the listeners, Kyle Dake, if you don't mind, through the typical off season for you right now i'm looking at you you can tell that you're in very good shape right now i could tell by like the way you you look like you could make weight right now no problem you're in shape you're wrestling every day or you're training every day can you take me through just a tiny bit 
of what a world-class wrestler has to do to be at this level and not just get there, but to stay there. Like right now you could lay on the couch all day and eat ice cream if you wanted to, and your metabolism is going to be okay. But I know that you don't do that. You probably can't afford to do that, but maybe you can once in a while. Are there cheat days? What's the nutrition like? What's your cardio like right now going into your matches in the next two to three months? What's your on the mat time like right now? What's your everyday living like right now to be prepared for your next world championship wrestling? I'm in, I'm in full training mode. Um, you know, I've been, I have been pretty much since the new year. Um, maybe a little bit after. Yeah, I took I took some time um, away from the mat, uh, not not completely off the mat, but completely away from training. Um, you know, I spent a lot of time on the mat working on little technical things and and playing around with uh, you know different biomechanics things and um, trying to figure out where I can make improvements. Um, but not like you know I'm not doing the extra conditioning. I'm not doing all that hard stuff um, for a few weeks after after the world championships and. Um, you know, I, I definitely loosened the reins on, um, the amount I eat and what I eat. Um, but still for the most part, I mean, the way I eat is a lifestyle for me now. So I don't really have that many cheat days, um, in what I'm doing. You know, there's, there's things that are beneficial to my body and things that aren't. And most of the time I make the decision to only consume things that are good for my body. And. Um, you know, obviously there's, there's certain times where, you know, you need to really like really focus and, and get after it. Um, there's also times where you need to relax and have fun and, and just be present and, and, you know, let loose a little bit. And, you know, what that looks like for me, I think is a lot different than what it looks like for other people. Um, that's not to say that it's wrong, um, or it's right. It's just, you know, I'm trying to have a, a longer career. So, you know, what I'm doing is. I'm still staying focused, but you know, I'm not, I'm not as, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't as on point, but now I'm back to where I was before the Olympic games doing the exact same things. Um, you know, in terms of what I do for my cross training and what I do for my diet and what I do for my, um, you know, what I try to put my environment in. And, you know, those are things that, that are really important to me. And I feel like they give me an edge mentally, definitely. Um, but also physically, so, um, yeah, those are, those are probably the main differences between training mode and non-training mode is, you know, I go in and I'm a lot more selfish with my training and now than when I was in the off off season, basically I would go and help the guys and, and, um, you know, help them work on their goals. What are you walking around at right now? What do you weigh right now? Probably about 178, um, you know, depending on the day, uh, could be a little bit lighter, could be a little bit heavier, but um now we're in training camp so it's starting to come down so i'm probably like 77 ish 76 um you know consistently coming into practice um that way will still come down and then we'll make the final push down to uh, 163 for pan and what what are you looking at time wise because this is a big thing in wrestling correct me if i'm wrong kyle of 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 weight cut um the younger kids have been i think that there's a new outlook on the detriments of weight cut and what it's done in the past how do you do it successfully and health wise to drop from 177 pounds to 14 pounds less at 163 you have to get there is when do you start that process and and how do you go about it to make sure that it's a healthy lifestyle to get to that yeah it's healthy lifestyle it's uh 
you know, kind of daily decisions on, you know, what I'm eating, try to make sure I eat nutrient dense food. Um, you know, not trying to store on, you know, whatever extras that I don't need. And, you know, you put in the work, you know, you go in and you get those extra workouts. Yeah. You're intelligent with your design, um, your workout design, whether that be your cross training or your wrestling practice. Um, you know, those are all, those are all things that everyone kind of hones in on their own. Um, there's a way that I think that people should do it. Um, and there's definitely some ways where I see that it's caused a lot of issues in my past. And then I see it play out in, in other athletes as well. Um, you know, and a lot of the time it's just how focused are you and making sure that you go out and, and do your job. So, um, you know, make, making sure that you're doing the daily you know, the, the daily things that were going to make a difference. You know, I always talk about my priority filter, you know, like look at a decision, you know, is eating this Snickers bar or eating this banana going to help me um, accomplish my goal. And, you know, you could always brush it on like, Oh, it's not going to make that big of a deal. It's not going to make that big of a deal. Well, you know, if you make a thousand different decisions that you think aren't going to make that big of a deal, that's going to be a big deal. So if I can just make a thousand right decisions, that's also going to be a big deal in the right direction. So those, that's just the way I think about, um, you know, my decision-making, my priority filter. And, um, you know, it makes my life a lot easier because I know that, you know, every decision I'm making, I'm making it based on, will this help me in the future? Will this help me with my career? Will this help me with my health? Will this help me with my sleep, recovery, whatever it is. Do you, you just mentioned the word recovery. How, uh, there's a lot of things in life that, that become habitual, right? Creating good habits is key. Tell me how you create good recovery habits, good discipline to stay off the mat when you're such a vigilant wrestler. You love being on the mat. You love working out. You love going at it. You love the burning of the calories. You love the sweat. How important is the sleep? And how do you discipline yourself to pump the brakes and say, you know what? My body has to go in shutdown mode right now because a lot of people that I know have a hard time shutting it down when they reach that level of success. They want to keep getting better and better and they want to get more of that successful, that taste of success. How do you, how do you discipline yourself in your position to say, I need this many hours of sleep a night. I need to be in, I mean, what, what, what are some of the things you do? Are you in the sauna? Are you in the, are you in the hot tub? Do you do the cryotherapy with the real, do you get in the ice tub? What are some of the things you do and how hard is it to discipline to do that on a daily basis? I don't, I mean, I'm, I'm a professional, so this is my job. You know, if I don't do it, I'm not doing my job. And if I'm not doing my job, what am I doing? So a lot of it is, you know, I'm, I just feel like I have that mindset of, you know, this is what I have to do in order to be the best. And I want to do that because I know the impact it will have. You know, I've been down the other, other path of, you know, not taking it seriously, of, you know, staying up and playing video games and eating bad food and, you know, not taking care of my body. And I've seen where that's got me. So for me now, I know that if I do these things, they're going to make a big difference. And again, it comes back to that, you know, if I make a thousand decisions, are they pushing me in the right direction or not? So, you know, whether that be, you know, cross training, my guys, functional patterns, um, you know, doing myofascial release, uh, getting to the sauna, getting the cold sub, making sure that I'm just getting sleep, um, doing my heart rate variability training, uh, making sure that, you know, my stress response is on point and, you know, 
making sure that I'm, I'm controlling my light environment, making sure I'm controlling, you know, the amount of time I spend outside, getting my eyes in the sun, um, get my feet on the ground. Those are all things that, um, make a big difference. Make sure I get all the, the trace minerals I need, vitamins, essential nutrients that I need, um, in my diet, you know, not, not slacking, cutting corners, thinking that, Oh, I'm just a really good athlete. I can make this happen regardless of what I do. And, you know, Maybe I could do that, but I want to ensure that I have, I'm putting my best foot forward every time I step on that mat. So I'm not going to cut any corners knowing that, you know, this guy is also a professional. Like everyone that I'm wrestling now is a professional. They're going out to, and they're doing the same things that I'm doing every day. Um, you know, I think I'm, I'm have a different plan than most people. And I think that gives me a big advantage and I know how important that is. So I'm going to continue doing it. Do you, ever think about life is there a life after wrestling with your your legacy is it coaching where i'm going is that you've seen some of your there's some guys that you know were at your level in college maybe and maybe didn't have the 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 record that you did but you saw gable we see gable sign with the wwe we see what bo nichols doing in his mma career he's having some success early and he's training hard um what does this look like for you? I've actually seen some videos of you to where you are doing some boxing and throwing some hands once in a while. Is there talks of this happening after a wrestling career or, and how far does this wrestling career get taken? I mean, what is the lifespan of this wrestling career? I mean, I feel like the wrestling career can go as long as I want to take it. Um, you know, as long as I'm still enjoying what I'm doing, um, you know, I throw hands sometimes just because there's a lot of, a lot of good things that come from it. Um, you know, at, at functional patterns, they talk about the four priority movements is standing, walking, running, and throwing, um, and you throw your fists. So understanding the, the biomechanical drivers of that are really important. And I am not very good at throwing hands. Um, I can grab you and hold on to you forever, but you know, those are things that I'm trying to work on. I'm not really good at throwing kicks either. Um, you know, I can throw a ball pretty well and, but I have asymmetry, so I'm trying to work those out. And these are the little detail things that, you know, I'm thinking about that other people aren't thinking about. And even if they are thinking about it, they don't know how to address it. So, you know, I, I'm not afraid of talking about any of these things because I know that, you know, they're at least 10 years behind what I'm thinking, um, mostly because they just don't have – they haven't gone down that rabbit hole um, with functional patterns. They haven't had access to – to those guys over there, Naudi and Pablo have been, you know, nothing but super helpful to me these past five years. Do you see a fight game in your future at all? Is there anything that you can talk about like that? Because uh, from Joe Rogan to who's probably the the most successful, you know, person in the podcast game of all time, obviously, and he's a huge voice of mixed martial arts and wrestling, but from Cormier to Matt Hughes to Dan Hendo Henderson, you name it, the basis of champions is wrestling. Khabib, I mean, it's wrestling. It's getting you on the ground and controlling the match. You just admitted that you can get somebody and hold on to them for life, and you can, you've shown that. You can throw them around and control them no problem. Is, is, the, is the fight game something that's hard for you to envision because you're, of your asymmetry and the hands and the kicks? Or are you letting us know that there might be some of this in the future of seeing Kyle Dake enter an MMA octagon? Yeah, you know, I, I think I don't think I'll ever say – I'll never say never. Is that what, yeah, that's the same. Never say never. Um, 
but right now I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at. You know, I, I'm really happy with where my career is wrestling, um, what I'm doing. And, you know, to, to think about picking up new disciplines is something that, you know, would be fun, but it would also be, you know, a big, big new challenge. And I already have a lot of challenges in my life and like trying to figure out, do them. Um, so those are, you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll definitely see, but I definitely want to compete through 2024. You know, I have unfinished business and um, I want to go get that gold medal. And when, when does it kind of, what is the vision of the next, like the six, the six month goals right now? I want you to take me through how this next six months, how you finish out 2022 and what we're, what we can expect to see on the mat in the next two to three months. I mean, we're less than 90 days right now from seeing you compete at the world level again. How does this year play out and what, and what goes in you have after this year plays out, you have about another year and a half before the Olympics. Is that correct? What goes on between the end of this? Is that, is it the end of this year? Yeah, about a year and a half, correct? No, the Olympic Games will well, be in August. So it'll be August of 2024. So it'll be two years until the Olympic Games after World Championships. So after World Championships. Um, but, you know, still, it's it's not that long. You know, normally a, a full cycle, you know, with them pushing the Olympics back. And, you know, now we're already in, you know, 2022, March 2022, which is crazy. We're almost halfway there. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're coming in hot. And, you know, those are things that, you got to be ready for, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, I'm ready to sprint through 2024, the end of 2024. So, um, you know, right now it's like I said, training, get competitions in, um, uh, making sure that I'm getting good training partners, uh, making sure that I'm going out and competing at a, at a high level, making sure that I'm making adjustments, um, and continue to evolve as a human. You know, those are things that, uh, most people don't, don't consider. And, um, before you're a wrestler, you're a human. Before you're uh, a basketball player, any sort of athlete, you're a human, and you got to be able to move like a human is supposed to move. And um, those are things that I'm thinking about almost every second of the day. So um, I think that my my career path is is not much different than it's been in the past you know several years, and I'm still doing the things that make me great. What does that mean? You know, that means getting up early seeing the sunrise that means getting my feet on the ground that means getting getting to bed early that means eating the right foods you know getting your workouts in getting your recovery and doing all the, the little things um because if i do those little things every day my mental toughness will be through the roof um because i know i did everything i possibly could you know that i can't go back i can't look back and be like man i wish i would have done xyz better um because i'm doing it as best i can um with current knowledge i have you know things might change you know there might be new things that i learn but for right now i'm doing the absolute best i can and um you know i'm I'm excited for what the future holds why did burroughs just make the announcement that he did let's get it out there of he correct me if i'm wrong kyle he announced that he's going to go down to 74 kilos for to try to make the next team is that what he what he announced i don't know you don't pay attention. You're staying in your lane anything. that much. Hold on a What's second. That? I want to make sure that I have this right. The announcement was made last week. Um, you haven't heard anything on this? No. Breaking news for Kyle Day. Breaking news. Um, I want to make sure I find it. You don't pay attention to any of this. That's awesome. You stay in your lane. Um, 
No, I'm not going to be able to find it. I think I just found it. I mean, I guess I, I trust you. I would. I'm not surprised that he would say that. Maybe come back down. Um, yeah, I don't know. I could see him going up too. You know, he's uh, kind of short for 86. But he he just wrestled all those guys too, David and Zahid and. Yeah, I, I just read it to where he was going down. He was gonna he was gonna get, try to make the team at 74 kilos. Gotcha. And now I don't gotcha. know. I don't know if I have my facts straight, and I'm I'm getting irritated with myself. <laughs> I thought that's what he said. <laughs> I'm gonna look one more place. Well, if he comes down, I'm, I'm welcome. He can come down anytime. Um, you know, I I want to wrestle. You know, that's that's why you know, I decided not to go back to the six because I wanted to wrestle him and I wanted to beat him. So those are things that you know I really look forward to. That motivates me big time. And, you know, what does that mean for me? Nothing different. You know, I'm still going out and doing the same things. And, you know, do I prepare any differently? No. Am I going to adjust my wrestling style? No. You know, I'm going to keep evolving and becoming better. So those are, those are exciting times. So what, there's no, there's like zero fear of anything. Zero, like you can't be scared in this game. Do you get nervous when you hear something like that, that you might have to face this man again, even though the last time you swept him, 3-0, 3-2, going into the, you know, at the Olympic trials for the last team in 2020. What, what do you think of about when you say, okay, I might have to get motivated again to face one of the most decorated college and, you know, Olympic wrestlers of all time? Yeah, no, not, I mean, nothing's really changing at all. Nothing. It's the same. Yeah, it's the same. You know, yeah, he's he's got a lot of history. Um, we have a lot of history. And, you know, for me to just, you know, not respect what he does would be silly. But I just assumed he was coming back down. I didn't assume that he was going to go up or anything. I just assumed that, you know, we were going to wrestle again, um, whether that be next year or the year after, um, or the trials. You know, it's going to be – you know, I knew I was going to have to wrestle him again. He wasn't just staying in this game. Maybe he is. I don't think, you know, maybe he's just staying in so he can be a seven-time world champ and, and get one more world title over John. But, um, you know, I, I assume he'll probably stick with it uh, and try to try to get the Olympics again. But, you know, I'll be there to stop him. No, no problems. No questions asked. John, when you mentioned John, John Smith has the record for the most world championships. Is that what you just said? Yeah, he's a two-time Olympic champion, four-time world champion. And then Burroughs is a one-time Olympic champion and five-time world champion. Five-time world champion. So where do you have aspirations of getting, when we talk about the Mount Rushmore of wrestling, personally, do you want to see Kyle Dake's face carved out on the Mount Rushmore of wrestling before it's all said and done? I mean, I just want to be better than I am right now, you know. I don't I do think about legacy, but it's not like a motivating force for me. You know, there's um you know, no one's gonna do what I did in college and that's just not gonna be replicated. And you know, to go out and you know be a three time world champ, you know, there's not very many people who have won three world titles. Um, you know, I got a bronze medal and that's that's a big motivating factor for me. I wanna be a gold medalist. So um, you know, I got two more chances to be another world champ. And then I got a chance to be an Olympic champ. So, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm not going to let those opportunities go. I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that, you know, I get there. And if I'm a six time world champion with another bronze medal, I mean, that's pretty good. Um, you know, with a college career, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not really doing it for a legacy. I'm doing it because I like it, I'm doing it because it's fun. And I have unfinished business is really the biggest thing. So when you see things happen in life, like you're going through this career and you have unfinished business and you want to be the best that you are, you just said, I want to be better than I was yesterday. I want to be better than I am today. When you see somebody go into like a hall of fame or they retire, your singlet at Cornell or like, does this stuff matter to you? I know it's nice, but does it even matter to the championship mindset to go into the hall of fame or any of those numbers? Or is it more about what you're talking about, about the, the, the fun of the game, the, the leaving an impression on it and having unfinished business and going in there and securing you as one of the best of all time, whether or not anybody recognizes it or not. You know, it's a good opportunity to stop and smell the roses. Um, be like, man, you know, you did some pretty cool stuff. Um, but again, unfinished business. So, can you tell me what you mean by that, Dave, please? Is it because of the bronze medal? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Bronze medal and, and the fact that, you know, on, on the biggest stage, I wasn't myself. And, you know, it stinks pretty bad. Does it keep sure. you up at night? No. Did it, no. it Did it when it was new? Um, no, not really. You know, it, it definitely motivated me during the day. Uh you know, trying to make sure that I'm making these adjustments and, and doing the right things. And, um, you know, I got kids now. I mean, they're, they're more, they're keeping me up at night. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you, we talked about this in our last conversation. Um, are you, are you thinking that they're going to follow in your footsteps at all? Are there any more, are there more and more signs ever as you see them start to mature and get a little bit older, even though they're still young? Do you see the signs of them wanting to do what daddy does? Um, a little bit. I mean, El Joe and my oldest, she's three. Um, she loves going in wrestling. Um, coach Mike Gray has a son who's three and a half. Uh, he'll be four this summer. And, uh, you know, he, he loves wrestling too. So they're, they're always at each other's throats, uh, in, in the wrestling practice, but, and Emmy likes it too, but it's hard to tell this young, you know, when we brought him to, a uh, a, a, a tournament, they didn't care about any of the wrestling. You know, they all they wanted to do was run around and play, and that was it. And I think that's good. You know, kids should be playing and, and running around. They shouldn't be having their lives planned out by their parents. You know, they should they should have those decisions um, squarely in their their hands. So, um, you know, if they want to wrestle, cool. If they want to play soccer, cool. You know, whatever they want to do, I'm I'm cool with it um, to a certain extent. But uh, yeah, there's there's definitely I'm gonna like definitely open that door. And, and let them see, um, let them test the waters. What, what would you tell somebody though about this lifestyle? I know it's rewarding to you, but it's also insanely difficult and disciplined. It's it's more it's very hard to be a wrestler at this level. I mean, you can be a great CEO, and you have to have certain disciplines. You can be a surgeon. You have to have great education and great you know expertise in that field. But to stay in this kind of shape this kind of mindset at this point in your life, after you've already been doing it for the last two decades, it's gotta be 
more and more difficult as your body gets more wear and tear on it as your kids start to grow you want to spend time with them more it's still hard to say i got to get in the mat i got to stay disciplined i got to stay in this this and my my vision is the same and i have to i have to complete my goals every single day and it it's got to be more difficult it's got to be one of the most difficult lifestyles there are to stay this disciplined in every aspect of the game to become a world championship wrestler. What could be more difficult? I know that there's, I know that there's soldiers and I know that there's people, men and women fighting for our freedoms. I get all of that, but as a day to day profession, does it get more difficult to have this mindset and to keep it consistently? I think that having the mindset is, I, I feel like I would have this mindset regardless if it was wrestling or not. You know, I, whether I was a CEO, whether I was a plumber, you know, I would I would want to be better than I was yesterday. And one one of the great things that I have the opportunity of is I'm able to be home for my girls most of the time. You know, I'm not traveling on the road. I'm not gone, you know, Monday through Thursday and then only home on the weekends. Um, you know, yeah, I have to leave and travel sometimes, go to camp and go to competitions. But for the most part, my life's pretty easy. You know, I, I'm, yeah, like, I like training. I don't think that's hard. I like being disciplined. I like eating good food. I like, you know, take care of my body. I like feeling good. Like, I don't like feeling run, like run down and crappy, you know, because I ate, you know, a pizza, you know, a full pizza or I ate, you know, a bunch of polyunsaturated fat or whatever it is, um, drank a bunch of alcohol. That's not something that I like to do. Um, it doesn't make me feel good. And those are things that uh, make a big difference for me, um, thinking about where I want to be in my life. That's why I'm still doing this. Because I am enjoying my life so much, because I am doing the things I, I, I'm able to do, um, you know, I'm able to come home. I'm able to wake up, have breakfast with my girls. I'm able to go train, come back, put my girls down for a nap, go train, come back, have dinner with my girls, and put them to sleep. You know, the, That's awesome. That's an awesome lifestyle. Yeah, I got to leave and I got to be really disciplined when I'm doing it. I'm sore when I come home. I'm tired. And what I, you know, I get an opportunity to go to sleep. I sleep from, you know, 930 to 6.30 every morning. And, you know, those are things that if I had to work, uh, you know, if I was CEO, I was working 15-hour days um, every day of the week. That's hard. That's really hard, you know. Or if I'm a plumber and I'm hunched over, an electrician or a tradesman, anything, I'm hunched over all day doing, you know, doing really hard work that's tough. You know, I'm having to leave at four o'clock in the morning. I don't get to see my kids all day. I'm working until five 30 and then I come home and I get to, you know, just exhausted from the day. You know, at least now, you know, my job is to recover and to feel as good as possible. And yeah, it's hard and mentally it's taxing, but mentally it's, you know, no different. It's just, my focus is different. And you know, everyone's got their own problems. So I'm not trying to diminish anybody's problems, diminish my problems, but they're things that, you know, everyone handles. And um, so I would say that my lifestyle for an average person would be brutal. But, you know, for someone who's a high performer, they could be like, no, I could probably do that if I had the skills, if I had the experience, if I had all those things. Like I look at some of these, you know, some of these other athletes or positions or, you know, even, you know, People who have a similar lifestyle as me, I'm like, ah, I could probably do that if I had the experience, if I had the, the time to pick it up. I could probably do that. Um, Name and one. I think a lot of that stems from just having having the mind, you know, having that having that belief in yourself and, and having the discipline to make the the next right decision. 
what, how important is keeping the pressure on yourself in, in achieving goals, Kyle Dake? When, one of the things that I've studied is not getting out of that pressure zone. Like you want to keep it on yourself. It doesn't mean that you have to, you know, dissect every single movement that you make in life and be completely 110% critical of yourself at all time. But I am, I become very critical of what I do and how I work and who I'm with and, and the outcome and the production quality or whatever it is. I become very critical, but I also understand that every day I'm trying to stay in this, this lane to where I know what pressures I'm putting on myself for me to perform. Does this, how you live your life every day to where you keep the pressure on yourself and that kind of rolls over to your mentality of keeping the pressure on your opponent. Or if you were the CEO, keeping your pressure on the, you know, on the go button to make sure that the company's being ran the right way. Or if you were a plumber, becoming a better version of yourself that you were the day before and completing the task and the job and, and, and making your boss or your company or whoever your, your customer or client happy. How important is keeping the pressure on yourself for Kyle Dake? You know, there's, I think internal pressure is good. Um, you know, if, if you know how to, you know, go from sympathetic to parasympathetic, like if you know how to chill out and be bored, um, having that pressure is good. And if you don't know how to do that, it'll catch up to you. Like if you're going to, you know, you'll have a break and, you know, this is like, I don't know what people break in different ways. Um, but if you know how to turn it off, be bored, sit down, be still and not do anything, and not feel anxious about it, you'll, you'll be good. Like you don't have to worry really about anything um, because you can put the work in. Like humans are meant to work. They're meant to do these things. And um, so when you, when you say that there's pressure, tons of pressure, I put a ton of pressure on myself, um, but it's like, these are just expectations that I have because I hold myself to such a high standard. Um, I don't really look at like outside pressure, um, whether that be from fans or coaches or anything like that. Like, yeah, I'll take that into account, into consideration, but I'm way tougher on myself than they are on me. And, um, you know, they, they will apply pressure when I'm trying to chill out, which is that's where it gets kind of tough. Um, but we have, you know, if you have a good relationship with your coaches, you have a good relationship with your family, they know like, Hey, he's locked in right now. I can add a little bit more pressure on him. You know, whether that be, you know, having them do whatever, doesn't matter. Um, or I see that, you know, he's he's relaxing, hanging out. You know, they're going to have their own ideas of what I should be doing, but they trust me. They trust me, you know, on, on what I'm doing and where I'm at. And, you know, I feel like I have a really good balance of, of both of those things. So um, I think what, I, what I'm getting at is that you need to have a balance and there's a time and a place for the pressure. And you, there's going to be some times where I'm on for weeks at a time and I don't relax. I'm just like going and going and going and going and going and going. And, but I need to, on the backside of that, I need to know that I can rest and relax and unwind. And, you know, for me, that's just, you know, going out for a hike or, you know, sitting in a tree stand or, you know, playing with my girls and, and, you know, going on the climbing trees or whatever it is, um, just sitting down in the sun. Like that's a huge thing going, going to my backyard and, and sitting in my chair and just relaxing. Um, those are things that if I, if I don't have those opportunities, yeah, I'll, I'll freak out and, and that'll stink. But, um, you know, it is what it is. If you, if you were to give a seminar 
and you're because you're educated you you're very well spoken you're well read i'm not saying that you're the smartest guy in the world but you do have a pretty good handle on creating a better version of yourself in today's world of tablets and iphones and how easy it is to get lost in laziness. These things are breeding us to sit there and look at things for hours at a time and not go out and let the sun hit us, not go out and have a conversation, not go out and exercise or create better goals or better habits for ourselves. What can somebody do in Kyle Dake's eyes? What advice can you give myself and the listeners on some first moves to take, because there is an obesity problem in our country. There's an obesity problem in our youth and our young kids, kindergarten to sixth grade now. What are some things that we can do to start this process, Kyle Dake, of making the right decisions and just getting some changes in our life? Because getting started can be the most difficult part of this, because a lot of us don't know what to do to even get started. Could you give us any advice on some little things that we can start doing to get more and more confidence, to take it to the next level and create a better version of ourselves? if that's what our intentions are? Yeah, I'll, I'll say two things. Uh, you know, the first is, is uh, figure out your stress response. Figure out how you can get in that parasympathetic state, how you can relax. Um, and, you know, one thing that I do is I just I do uh, heart rate variability training. And that's super easy. I mean, all you do, my, you can do it with a heart, you know, any sort of strap. It can be an aura ring. It can be a whoop band. It can be, you know, uh, I use a, an ear strap and, you know, it's just, you measure what your variability in your heart rate is as you're breathing. And if you can get your heart rate to a certain, you know, to be smooth enough up and down, um, you'll, you'll notice that your body just switches into a parasympathetic state and you just chill out and you'll feel it happen inside your body. Now, some people can't get there. It's going to take some work. Um, but you know, good things aren't easy. Next thing. Wait a minute before, hold on. I'm sorry, David. I'm not interrupting. I don't want you to go on to number two yet. I want to make sure I understand one. Number one is this have something to do with recovery time? Like if you're walking and you sit down, does this heart rate that you're discussing right now or teaching us, you want to get it to go from a hundred beats to back down to 70 in a certain amount of time? Is this has no, something to do? So, with- so that's just, that's just your resting heart rate. So you go from your active heart rate to your resting heart rate. Your heart rate variability is, you know, the, the beats between, you know, like when you breathe in, your heart rate goes up. When you breathe out, your heart rate goes down. And it's that variability between the two that you're trying to measure. And, you know, you could be you could be doing anything. You could be walking, you could be running, and you could still measure it and see your heart rate variability. Um, one, I don't I don't do it when I walk or run. I just do it when I'm relaxing and I just like focus on on controlling my heart rate um, and, and smoothing out the individual beats in between each one. Um, but that is just like one example of managing your stress response you know you could there's a book called why zebras don't get ulcers great book um trying to understand how stress impacts us um you know one of the biggest things that's going on right now is everyone's afraid of everybody and they're stressed out because they can't go to work they're stressed out because the world is you know supposed to be stressful and they're on their phone non-stop stressing out you know because they're addicted to the dopamine hit they're addicted to the likes. They're addicted to the drama. They're addicted to, you know, seeing the next big, you know, bad thing that we all have to worry about. You know, they're not addicted to 
watching snowfall. They're not addicted to um, looking at a fire. They're not addicted to just sitting outside. And it's because their dopamine response is broken. And they don't know, this kind of leads into the second one, they don't know how to be bored. And, you know, just being comfortable being bored. Those are, that's hard. Like people are like, oh, I'm so bored. And then they look at the phone. It's like, you're not bored. You know, if you were bored, like when I was a kid, being bored meant like sitting in a car, looking at the trees and not being able to do anything else. My dad played music that I didn't like, and I'm just staring outside the window. And, I'm, you know, that was being bored. And this was a six hour trip to, you know, to Ohio. And those are things that people don't really consider anymore. You know, we put a TV, we put the TV in the car so kids entertain. Kids are always entertained now. People are always entertained now. Like they just want to be entertained and they don't want to be bored. And I think that's a big problem. Um, you know, those are probably the two things that are, are real easy um, in theory, but like putting them into practice is difficult. One thing that you can do is make sure you don't bring your phone to the bathroom. Like if you if you have to go to the bathroom, leave your phone out here. If you're ever going to, you know, have a chair in your house that you never ever touch your phone in put your phone in a different room turn off notifications that's another one i mean just turning off all your notifications except for like one or two people um you know if they if they message you and it's like an emergency then you get to it but that's hard because everyone thinks they're going to miss out on something oh I, you know i didn't tweet that out first that stinks it's like who cares who tweeted out first you know it's like who wants to you know now everyone wants to be in the know right away instead of you know, finding out a week later. And those are, I don't know why we feel that way. You know, why do we feel like we need to know everything right away? Like as long as we get that information, I guess, you know, it's good, but it's different too. If you're trying to like run a business, um, you know, if you're trying to do something and, and you need to be in the know and you need to be able to pivot really quickly, but ultimately, you know, what's the difference between, you know, a minute and a day? And, you know, unless you're in the stock market and these, you know, things are crashing for the most part, you know, you're going to be all right. I mean, I understand that there's day traders and timing is important, um, but that's when you're working, not when you're bored. And unless you're working, like if you're a day trader, you know, the stock market, you know, closes at four o'clock, I think. So, you know, from four until eight, go be bored. You don't need to look at your phone, you know, or if you have to do what, you know, you have to read, put your phone away and do the one thing. You know, don't try to multitask. Multitasking is overrated, I think. You know, stay focused on what the task at hand. And when if some if individuals can put those two pieces of advice into practice, what are some of the benefits that come off of it that you've seen of getting away from the drama, leaving the phone away? Like wake up. One of the things that I try to do and I'm not I fail at it a lot of times is I don't want to touch my phone for the first 45 minutes after I open my eyes in the morning, whether I lay there in the dark and think, whether I go get my coffee, whether I go out in the back porch with my lab and just sit there and, and talk to God or my dad up in heaven, whatever it is, I want to discipline myself not to get on and see what the world's doing because we do, we go down this rabbit hole and then we, then we automatically think that, oh, they're ahead of us or they're better than us. They're getting more likes than us. Their life's better than mine because they're always smiling. They're always happy. It's that dopamine hit that you're talking about that's ruining a lot of us and putting us a lot of, a lot of us in this mindset of, 
I can't get there. I'm, I'm, I'm never going to reach it. It's not like it is in, influencing us or inspiring us to become better by looking at all of this stuff. So I want to become more disciplined and not looking at it for at least the first 45 minutes of the day. I want to start my day with a clear conscience, a clear mind and get up and get my day going, get my feet on the ground and go to work. But what, if we do put those into place, Kyle Dake, how do we transition that into the mindset of the nutrition and and the the working out because we have to be active we have to burn calories we we have to keep our muscles going to keep them in shape and to get muscle memory how do how do we transition those two pieces of advice into getting in better shape physically to where we can take away the risk of some of the things that can kill us, whether it's heart attack or stroke or other things that can come about from leaving, living an unhealthy lifestyle. Not to say that being the healthiest man in the world, you can't experience that or healthiest woman, but it, but it's proven that if you exercise and, and, and burn calories and put the right things into your body, that you're giving yourself a better chance. How can we get there from what you just told us? I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we're just distracted and, we're trying to multitask. So, you know, if you're eating food, eat the food. Don't look at your phone while you're eating and just like, you know, you're over here mindlessly doing something. You know, you're not noticing the signs and signals that your body is giving you. Like, hey, you're full. You don't need to eat anymore. Like, no, you don't need to go get, you know, a second helping. No, you don't go, need to go to the fridge and get something else. Um, you know, just listen to what your body is telling you. And it's hard to do that when we're distracted all the time. And if we're distracted all the time because we're looking at our phone, because our dopamine circuits are broken, then it's going to be a lot harder to lose that weight and a lot harder to do the things that you want to do, like get in shape, eat healthy, eat nutrient-dense food. Um, I think that if you can handle those two things, it's going to give you a good base to be able to go tackle new tasks because now you're like, you know, I see most, I see people at the gym and they're on their phone all the time. All the time, all the time. You know, in between sets or, you know, in between, you know, wh- whatever, whatever it is in between plays, they're on their phone looking at, it, or they're like, Oh no, I was just changing the music. I was just changing the music. Well, yeah, you're changing the music and you saw that you had six packs messages and you answered one of them. It's like, you weren't just changing the music. And, um, you know, those are, those are things that, again, we're just distracted. You know, we, we're like, Oh, I, I need to get the right, you know, right conditions in order for me to do that. Well, you're never going to have the right conditions. Just go do it. And, you know, if that, it could be something as simple as, you know, take, taking your dog to the park, you know, throwing a Frisbee to him, you know, walking around, doing those things like those are, are really beneficial. And again, it's a starting point. Not everyone needs, needs to move and exercise like me. Um, it would be, you know, I, I feel like the more people did that, um, the healthier they would be because they would, you know, take priority into the, into the four things that humans do standing walking running and throwing and if you do those things really well efficiently you're gonna have a lot less pain you know your body if you start doing you know these if you start making the right choices with how you move your body your body's like eh, i guess i don't really want that you know whatever i don't i don't want that canola oil covered cookie you know i don't want to i want to cook with water i want to do these other things that are nutrient dense and because they feed my body and I can feel the difference. Like I can feel the difference when I eat a nice grass fed, you know, stick versus if I'm eating hamburger. Like it's like, oh, it's the same calories. Well, they're clearly not the same. You know, and, or if I'm eating, you know, liver and onions, like 
my kids love liver and onions. I mean, cooked in butter, that's what they like to eat for breakfast. And I'll give it to them and they'll just be smitten for the rest of the day. But if, you know, if we have pancakes or whatever else, they're like, I'm hungry. They're irritable. And, you know, I notice that because I'm looking for it. I'm looking for how does this food make me feel? How does this food, you know, affect my energy? How does this food affect my mood? And people don't think like that because they're distracted, because they're not willing to be bored, because they're not willing to do one thing at a time. If you're willing to do one thing at a time, you can make those adjustments. You're like, hmm, this does make me feel like crap. I'm not going to do that. Or, hmm, this does make me feel good. I'm going to continue to do that. I, I think that it's a really odd way of looking at quality of life by saying you need to be bored. Like it's, it's, it's so in depth and like so right on that it's odd to me that Kyle Dake, who is in tremendous shape would say the number one thing is to learn how to be bored. Don't multitask. If you're eating eggs, don't be looking over here at this guy or girl that's posting about the omelet they had that morning at the waffle house or whatever, eat your eggs and concentrate on the task at hand and enjoy that. And that you're saying that that is because that is why we don't have the ability to transition into making a better version of ourselves every day because I'm guilty of that guy that says that he's changing the music but has to answer a text message because he feels that if he doesn't, he's getting FOMO or he's missing out on a job or, a, or a, some success might not come his way if he doesn't get it. But you already said, like, it can wait. It really can. If you think about some all of the texts that you return a day, the people that you're getting them to, for the most part, could have waited 24 hours while you tried to accomplish something else, at least a 60 to 75 minute workout without looking at your phone. Let the music stay where it's at. You know, it's okay. You're still going to get the same results. You don't need to go over and grab your phone in between every set, but we all do it. We don't even go to lunch and have conversations with our friends or family anymore. We're on our phone seeing what other people are doing when we have an opportunity right in front of us to make a difference or to learn something about one of our loved ones or a new friend or something. We don't take advantage of the task at hand right there. We're automatically looking at how everybody else is living their lives. And that stops us from transitioning into making those other right decisions of what we put into our bodies or the amount of exercise that we get or the amount of rest that we get because we'll lay up and get constantly ingrained in this rabbit hole of likes and what everybody else is doing without being able to discipline yourself to shut your eyes and shut it down. And teach yourself how to go to sleep naturally and health-wise. It's, it's a great way of looking at it, but I totally and honestly expected you to say, you have to start by doing this. Get on a treadmill for 45 minutes a day and just walk without an incline. And then, and then you're going to take it a step further. Like you didn't even answer that like a trainer would, you know, like you answer that in a way that teaches you, like you have to start here to be able to get to there. That's what I'm getting out of what you just said for the last 15 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it's, people don't think this way and they don't think this way because they want instant results. They want, well, what can I do? I don't want to change my life, but I want to change my life. Tell me how to change my life, but I don't want to change it because I want to do the same thing I'm always doing. And you're like, okay, well, I guess I don't know what I'm, what you want to say. Um, yeah, just uh, go run, I guess. Like, oh, I've already tried that. It's not working. It's like, yeah, I know it's not working because you're mentally broken. Like mentally we are all really really messed up really messed up and we have to start there we have to start there and start making the next right decision and again the next right decision is reducing your stress response is 
doing the task at hand, sitting there, being there and doing what you said you're going to do. And you're going to, you're going to find that your days become a lot longer when you're not looking at your phone. You're going to find that you have a lot more time to do other things. So like, Hmm, I'm sitting here and maybe I should go outside and, you know, do some yard work or, Hmm, I'm sitting here. Maybe I should, uh, maybe I should try to start building a business. You know, I, I'm not really happy with the job that I'm in. Maybe I maybe I can do something like that. And then you start working on it. And you're like, Oh, this is kind of, this would be, be fun. Whereas before you would look at your phone and, and just like dream, like, Oh, I wish I lived in that cabin. I wish I you know could have done that. Hunt. I wish I could have gone on that vacation. I wish I could be in Miami. I wish I could do this. You know, Oh, I wish I had that girlfriend. I wish I had that boyfriend. I wish I had all this stuff. It's like, who cares? Who cares about that stuff? Like, why does every single kid now want to be an influencer? Well, because their brains are programmed to look at their phone and want to be what they see on their phone. They're not programmed to just chill out and be bored and and try to fix the problems that they have in their life. They're not programmed that way because we as a society have programmed them to be that way. Now, I, again, I'm not perfect. I fall for it a lot. You know, I'm I'm, I'm constantly looking at at Instagram, trying to figure out like, okay, what's it, what should I be doing here with, you know, I would say 50% of the time is like, what should I be doing here with some sort of educational thing, whether it be food, whether it be movement, um, you know, functional patterns, whether it be, um, you know, wrestling. The other times I'm like, okay, well, you know, what do I want to, you know, that cabin looks really cool. Oh, that's a sweet gun. Maybe I should try to, you know, look into that one. What, what kind of ammo should I be using? Like weird stuff all the time. It's like, okay, well, why am I doing that? You know, I, I want to, I want to leave this reality. And those are problems that we see that people aren't comfortable with the reality that they're in. So they try to, you know, use their phone as a scapegoat. And, and now it's even getting worse, you know, with, with VR and, and the metaverse and all this digital you know, digital everything. Like now that he said it before, he's like, we haven't even mastered this reality. Why are we trying to go to a completely new reality and think things are going to be different? They're not going to be different because our our baseline of thinking is the exact same. And I truly believe that. I think that you know we're in a place where no matter where what reality we try to go to, if our if our same level of thinking is applied to those different realities, we're going to get the same results. And we're not going to be happy regardless. You, do you become kind of a hypocrite sometimes, Dake, to say that we shouldn't be doing it, but then you admit that you do do it? And how do you break yourself from doing it? And is your screen time way too long on an average daily basis? Or do you just do it once in a while and stay pretty disciplined of never getting on? Because I want to better myself. I'm doing this now on a on a personal question asking deal with you right now is I want to get better at not doing it as much. I have plenty to do in life that I don't need to be on my phone. A lot of my life has to be on my phone to, with the business part of things. But there's a lot of stuff that I could be doing where I don't even need to touch the thing. Whether it's, yeah. a, whether it's the one game I played that my excuse that I play it, you know what it is? That it shuts my mind down. You know, like that's yeah. my excuse instead of shutting my mind down on my own. How do, how do you go about breaking that habit of, of going down that rabbit hole once in a while when it's so easy to look at all of these 
people living their best lives or all of this product or all of these quote unquote influencers that we talk about that may or may not have credibility to be an influencer in the first place. But where, where, how do you break it? Yeah, there's, there's different techniques on how you can go about it. Um, you know, you can, you can set time limits on your phone. Um, you could do all of your business on an iPad rather than on a phone and you have no, none of those apps downloaded on your phone. Um, you know, you can do, you can set up, um, like if you need to put content out there, you set a day where you're going to do all of your content and then you schedule your content that will go out. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things that, that you can be doing. You can set somebody, you literally hire somebody whose job is to do your content for you and you never do it. You're just like, someone's got a video camera or a picture and they're taking a picture of you doing whatever you're doing, whether it's hunting or, you know, any, any sort of anything, um, wrestling or, um, you know, have somebody do that for you. And that way you can free up your time and do other things. I mean, your time is valuable. Like yes. your time, you don't, you know, you're not, you're not getting time back. People always say that, but they don't really understand what that means. Um, sometimes I lose sight of what that means. Like sometimes I don't want it. Sometimes I don't, I want to be distracted. And am I doing it in a, in a healthy way? Am I doing it in a functional way? Um, sometimes I make mistakes and I'm not perfect, you know? But I look back and I see, I'm like, man, you know, today was a really good day. I did a really good job not doing X, Y, Z. I did a really good job of doing ABC. Um, those are things that we have to, you know, we have to give ourselves some leniency, but we also have to be pretty disciplined with what we're doing. You know, you got to hold yourself to a certain standard. You know, if you constantly let yourself cut corners, you're going to cut corners in life and you're not going to get to where you want to be. And, that, and that's the thing. People will say one thing and then do another. And, and that's why they have all these anxieties. If they say one thing and they do one thing, well, they're living the life the way they're talking and they'll be enjoying where they're at. Yeah. Um, it's when you say one thing and do another that you're like, oh, I should be doing this, but I'm not. I'm drifting this way. Okay, okay, okay. I'm, I, can, I can justify it somehow. And we always come up with justifications. Always. We always will. Because we don't want to feel bad about ourselves. We don't want to, you know, we don't want to talk negatively about ourselves in our head. And we don't want to do, you know, we don't want to say, oh, man, I really failed here. I, I, I'm just a terrible person. I did this bad, this bad, this bad. Well, I did it because of this. I did it because of this. And you always justify it, justify it, justify it until you just are five years down the road and you didn't do anything that you wanted to do. So being willing to put in the work and being willing to, to again, focus on the task at hand is something that needs to be a skill that's developed. And it can, it can start with something small. You know, I, I'm going to make sure that I drink, you know, at least a gallon of water a day. I'm going to make sure that I have, you know, at least, you know, some sort of organ meat every single day. I'm going to make sure that I get out in the sun for at least 10 minutes a day, rain, snow, or shine. I'm going to make sure that I spend at least five minutes locked in my room without my phone, sitting on my bed doing that. Or, you know, pick a spot. Those are, those are small tasks that you can go, but everyone's different. Everyone's going to have a different capacity. It's just how much do you want it? You know, how much do you want to actually change? And there's going to be some people who don't really want to change. And if they don't want to change, I can't make you. You got to do it on your own. I love it. I love that kind of outlook on life. I think that it's so refreshing that it can be done and that 
you admit that you get off track once in a while. You admit that you're not perfect. You admit that you have imperfections of getting on your phone once in a while and going down that rabbit hole, but it's a balance. It's about being the other side of the, the teeter totter a little bit more to counteract all of that stuff. We're not going to be perfect. We're not going to not look at our phone, but to say that, you know, to set it as a goal to maybe only do it for five minutes a day or 10 minutes a day and be better than you were the day before until you create a better habit. It just makes so much sense to me. Like One thing that happens I see a lot is people are like, oh, well, it's, it's a good healthy balance that I'm on my phone as much as I am. Like it's a healthy balance. I feel good about this. And it's like, what metrics are you using to determine if it's healthy or not? Like, uh, what do you mean? You know, are you, are you, are you stressed out of your mind? Are you having to cope with food? Are you having to cope with alcohol? Are you having to cope with coffee? Are you having to cope with drugs? Like, what are you coping with? You know, if you're having to cope, you know that something's wrong. Like, if you're having to use those things, something's off. And you got to figure that out. And that's a really, really tough pill to swallow. People don't like to hear that. People don't, people don't want to live that sober life. People don't want to do those things because like, well, what am, what am I missing out? Oh, I need that social lubricant. I need this. I need that. You need to be, you need to put yourself around people that have similar goals as you. You need to put yourself around people who, who think similarly, similarly to you. Um, but if, if you're trying to be something that you're not and be around people that don't have the same outlook at life as you do, you're going to need to cope. And, and that's tough. That's really tough. Especially if it's like your family or your, you know, your best friend from when you were a kid or whatever. Those are hard ties to, to sever and you don't have to sever them, sever them, but it's like, Hey, I need to go. I want to do this. And every time I'm with you, I feel like this is not helping me towards my goal. And when, when you hit somebody with that dose of reality, that's like a, a shock it's a shock to you. It's a shock to them because they feel like, well, why are you attacking me? And it's like, no, I'm not attacking you. It's just, I know myself well enough to say, Hey, I need to get away from you. I need, I can't be around you. I mean, there's, there's times where I'm like, yeah, thanks for the invite, but I can't come. I got other things to do. And it's like, well, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. So I make up some excuse. Like, nah, I got to train tomorrow. Sorry. You know, it could be, I need to get my sleep or I need to do this editing or I need to do anything. And it happens to all of us. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings uh, because we're social creatures. We don't want to do that. But if you want to accomplish your goal, if you, if you're, if you want to get out of this rat race, if you want to get out of this broken cycle, you got to do hard things. You have to, you have to discipline yourself to do them. It, it, it'll get to the point to where you're not forcing yourself anymore. But I love, I love the approach. It's, it's such a refreshing approach because it could help so many different people at different levels. Even if they're the best in shape CrossFit maniac in the world, this approach can help you in so many other different areas of your life to make you a better version of yourself than you were the day before. And I think that that has become my goal every day. And like the last probably five days, I've looked at some friends, including my girlfriend and told her like, I don't feel like I'm becoming better. Like I feel like I'm going backwards the last few days. I feel like I'm stuck in this stuck in translation. Like I know what I want to do, but I'm not putting the pieces of the puzzle in place to get there or to even get it activated, to start the process of getting out of that rut. And it's not even like a negative rut. It's like, I don't, I'm, I'm keeping the pressure on myself. I'm getting the task done. We're getting some good hunts filmed. We're getting this done. We're doing this with some sponsors, but personally I felt like, man, I just don't feel right. I need to make some changes. So I know that I can elevate my mind every day and get to that position of being like that 
was a beneficial day. That was a positive day. That was an accomplished day. You know, like I, I, I want to get to that point instead of looking back on the day and being like, man, I just don't personally feel like that was my best. And that's how I felt like the last week. And I keep telling people like, I need to make some moves, whether it's exercise or whether it's not putting any alcohol into my body or whether it's a better diet, you know, I need to make some moves. And in talking to you today, it motivates me and, and makes it easier on me to make those moves because I know it's the right thing to do. And I hope that the listeners get that out of it to have that. It doesn't even have to be a victory or a world championship, but it has to be a mindset. It has to become a lifestyle and not just something that you do once in a while. I don't want to look at my phone five hours a day. I don't want to look at my screen time and be like, are you kidding me? Like I really spent that much time on my phone. So I appreciate it, Kyle Dake. I, I, I really love the outlook. I love the approach. I think that if people dedicated themselves to learning this and just putting a few of these factors in place every day and, and, and practicing it, like don't pick up your phone. Sit in darkness, sit on the porch with your dog and look at the snowfall or breathe, listen to the birds, listen to the geese fly over as they migrate north right now. There's nothing finer than that in life, but we take it for granted because we get lost in this. We get lost in the whole rat race of keeping up with the Joneses, if you will, because we can see what everybody's doing out there. For the first time in the history of the world, we know what the rock Dwayne Johnson is eating on his sushi every single day. And we really should put that on who gives a, you know, what.com. Cause it really doesn't matter in the long, like the guy gets two point million something look views on a sushi video. I want to go eat my own sushi. I want to go catch my own sushi. I want to teach myself how to bait a hook and catch my own sushi, right? Like that should be our mindset, but we get caught up and going, oh my gosh, the rock is doing it. And then we go buy his shoes and it works because we're just looking at it constantly. So I, I appreciate it, my man. It's an awesome approach. It's an awesome insight because I really expected you to say, you got to put a plastic bag over you and get on a bike and run and, and, and ride that bike for 45 minutes in a sauna to drop two pounds. You know, like that's the mindset that I was thinking a wrestler would come at it and you come at it in such a diligent way, man. It's refreshing. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. I'm, uh, I'm glad I could help. I like it. It's uh, I think that we need to go to the school of Kyle Dake more often and have you maybe have like some kind of a uh, service that you offer us to, to come and listen to you speak like this, Mr. Kyle Dake. <laughs> tell me this though who's gonna win cox or snyder what's your prediction give it to me right here oh gee it's this is a tough three. match it's two out of three let I me ask you let me three i oh. think kyle gets it i think it goes three though i like him he's a stud but i think cox has got it and i don't i don't know why i just think that he's 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 gonna i think i'm gonna take cox in a sweep I don't know why, because I know how strong and how tough Kyle Snyder is. He is a he's a stud. Um, mm. Yeah, he's a stud too, though. So I mean, it's like you got two horses going at it. It's uh, it'll be fun. I'm excited to excited to watch. You're gonna tune in. I'll probably tune in. Yeah. And what can we expect from you? Where can we catch up with you? Um, I know Instagram and social media, but we're the next time we see you wrestle will be when and what dates and where. Uh, early May, uh, May, May 7th is the last day. Uh, it'll be in Mexico. Uh, it'll be the Pan Am Championships. That'll be my first, my first outing. And then, uh, about a month later, we'll have uh, Final X. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know if it'll be, you know, four weeks or five weeks after that. Um, there's some rumblings of when it will be and where it will be, but they haven't announced it yet. So we'll see. Do you know who your opponent would be in that? Nope. So they're having the 
in April they're having the U.S. Open, and then in uh, May, I think May, um, they're having the trials. Um, so then, you know, whoever wins the trials will come out and, and wrestle uh, best two out of three in final X. I love it. I can't wait to watch you wrestle, my man. I can't wait. I'm I'm going. I'm going to talk to you when we end this podcast about an, an opportunity after your 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 next big match. Your after the Pan Am is when August. Uh, well, Final X is bigger than Pan Ams. That's to make the team. So that's going to be June, and then you don't have anything in July, August, September. Uh, I have a few things. I think we have a, a tournament in Italy, and then we have a couple training camps, and then uh, yeah, we have, we have a couple things. Beautiful. Future 2024 Olympic champion, three-time world champion, the reigning world champion, and I did get I did get confirmation that Burroughs did announce he's coming down to 74. So excellent, just, excellent. I like it. Excellent. That's Kyle Dake, one of the best wrestlers of all time, four-time NCAA champion at Cornell in four different weight divisions. You said it'll never be done again. I don't think it'll ever be done again. Um, what a college career! 79 match win streak. 79 matches in a row you win. You ended up, what, 160 and four? What was your final college record? No, 137 and four. 137 and four with 79 wins in a row. That was your junior and senior year? Yep. Incredible. Thank you, Kyle Degg, for being on the podcast, my man. Yep, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I'll talk to you when I end this real quick. Another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Thank you all for listening, the downloads, the subscriptions. Thank you for supporting our partners and sponsors. And thank you, Jack Daniels. Enjoy it responsibly. Never, ever allow underage drinking. Everything in moderation. After today's talk, I'm not going to put anything in my body like that for a long time. I'm getting back on top. We get the feeling good. Thank you, Kyle Dake. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back at you soon with another exciting episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Life on Earth.